do 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 oh wade i am so tired so tired so so tired if you're in my discord you might know some of the details of this discussion and story already but i am uh basically i work in software testing and on friday morning it started to become apparent there was a problem with a product that i test that we had just released an update for the like two days before okay and by the end of the day, we were super worried that everything was on fire and we were all going to lose our jobs and the company would go bankrupt. It wasn't a good time. <laughs> Sounds bad. Yeah. Spent Friday night. Uh, I was in the office on Saturday for about 10 hours and another 10 hours on Sunday. Uh, and then another 10 or 11 hours today Jesus. at the office. So it's been, uh, it's been a lot. But the good news is the product is not on fire. The company is not going bankrupt. And you don't need to look for a new job. I don't have to look for a new job. So that's the good thing. So, I mean, bottom line, without giving away too many details, basically there was some code written by somebody who's no longer with the company mm. that there was a bug in. He'd written about five years ago that didn't really show up until something that was something very small that we changed in this update. And that exercised and triggered the bug every single time we tried to use that code and just everything was on fire. <laughs> How long has this guy not been working at the company? About four years. So this guy, four years ago, <laughs> wrote a piece of code, which is today well, setting your product on fire. Yes, he okay. wrote a bug. Like, he didn't intentionally that... write a bug. No. I mean, okay, so bottom line, he wrote something... That in case of a failure state, he does this thing to make sure that the result of the process um, is clearly broken. Okay. So that the person who's doing it, the customer or the tech support person, recognizes, okay, this didn't work. We're not going to try to continue down this path. Let's try something else. Okay. But he did it poorly and he didn't log it at all. Oh, okay. So he would run this process, would not say, by the way, I'm doing this because of this. It was just very silent and it was just kind of broken. Hmm. And what he intended to do was make it very obviously broken, but he failed at that. It was broken, but not obviously broken. It's <laughs> just a lot of things came together with this dude. And it's just like, oh, why? Why are you haunting us? So Sunday afternoon, everybody's in the office and just frantically looking over every piece of code that touches this project. And then somebody found this and they were like, oh, and everything matched. Like what we were seeing based on what it says it does. And it just got it, nailed it, figured it out or do pushed out a fix. And the testing for it has been going on today. And it's going to go on tomorrow. So hopefully, I mean, we always record this on a Monday for the most part. And so hopefully what that means is uh, that tomorrow, Tuesday, the fix is verified. We get it pushed out to fix it in the wild. And then like Wednesday and Thursday, I can just take the day off. That'd be amazing. But hmm. I'm not sure if they're going to allow that. We'll see. Usually they're pretty good about that, though. If the developers in QA have been working their butt off for a few days, they'll give us a couple days downtime. Right. If three days you do 30-something hours... Yeah, you should yeah. probably maybe take a couple of days off. Especially if it's not two of those days were the weekend. Yeah, right. Yeah, it really ruined my weekend plans. I planned on streaming a whole bunch and getting my YouTube buffer up, and I just kind of had to squeeze that into a couple hours I got home on Sunday, and mm. it wasn't good. No. It was not a good good weekend at all. Lisa Tova, the worst is past. Yes, exactly. Or this is it the eye is of the storm. Like, who knows? <laughs> No, it's definitely on the downslope. I'm pretty darn sure. Like, 
don't 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 jinx it. So what you're saying is it's all downhill from here? Um. <laughs> Quiet, you. <laughs> Quiet. Oosh, I don't know. I mean, it just kind of reminds me when you were working so much because one of your coworkers was on paternity. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, but the difference is, I think you got paid overtime. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Salary. Sometimes salary is great. Sometimes it is terrible. Yeah. There's ups and downs to everything. Correct. Yeah, like our IT guys at the office very smartly demanded to be paid hourly because they knew they'd be doing after-hours stuff and weekends and nights and things. That's so it's very awesome smart. for them. And for the most part, my job—I mean, by by and large, ninety-nine point nine percent of the time, I am working eight-hour days. That's it. Mm. Days over, shifts done, go home. Mm-hmm. So I don't complain about salary there either. Yeah. And like I said, even in cases where we do work crazy hours, they give us the time back later so it all evens out. I really don't have any complaints. Right. Unless they don't give us time, which mm. I'd be surprised if they didn't. Who knows? So anyway, uh, welcome to the podcast. Today we're largely going to be talking about Solo, which mm-hmm. I believe we made clear in probably the title of the podcast as well as the show notes. Probably. I might do Yeah, Wade probably worked very hard at coming up with a clever title to let you know exactly what's going on here. <laughs> He does that sometimes. Uh, I don't know if it'll be, strictly speaking, clever. But if it is, cool. <laughs> uh, but before we get there, there's just some some odds and ends I'd like to talk about here. Mm-hmm. A few bits and pieces so, of things that caught your eye. Yeah, bits and pieces of things that have interested me over over the little while here. Okay, so number one is something that Wade actually brought up. So Microsoft purchased GitHub. Either today, Monday, or over the weekend, which doesn't make any sense. Probably today? Probably today. Officially? Yeah. I'm sure they were in talks for the last weeks and months, but... Yeah. But they've officially purchased them for $7.5 billion. Holy smokes. For those of you who don't know, GitHub is basically just a development platform. Um, It's a place to check in your code, let other people review it, uh... Kind of a place to house all of the code in your company. It's more complicated than that. It's not just like dumping ground. Like, hey, everybody put your code here. All right. That'll be $6 million license fee. (laughs) I'm not a developer, so I can't speak to a lot of the details. But it's something that our company uses. And I'm sure like tens of thousands of other companies across the world use too. Right. The question is, is this going to be like a Skype acquisition for Microsoft? Where Skype is way less relevant today than it was five or ten years ago. Good job, Microsoft, on that. <laughs> Someone's bitter. I'm not bitter. It's just the truth. Like, I I used Skype a lot back in the day. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, it's not that Skype got worse, but it seems like they got on the train late. And other things came up that were better. Gamers used to be on Skype all the time, and then Discord showed up and was more friendly to the gaming universe. And everybody bailed for that, as far as my particular ecosystem is concerned. Hmm. Um, and even my immediate family who aren't gamers, they don't use Skype anymore. It's going to be Google Hangouts. It's going to be FaceTime. Like as far as communication software goes, I just don't think Skype is used all that much. Despite the fact that they're trying, they bundled it into Windows. They bundled it into the Microsoft Office ecosystem. And mm. so officially, I've got a Skype account at work associated with my Microsoft account, which I've never used. And nobody in my team has ever used, but by golly, it's there. <laughs> so good job, Microsoft, I guess. Uh, they're trying, I guess. Um, they are. Yeah. They're trying real hard. And I don't know. But on the other hand, then there's the Microsoft, not the Microsoft, the Minecraft, the very similar with the Mayas. There's the Minecraft acquisition, mm. which was $1 billion, 
Uh, oh, hold on, I actually have this open. I can find it. I think I remember being a billion because I was like, what? No, it's not a billion. It's more than a billion. I know that much. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I think you can Let edit this just... out in post. Oh, I could, but I'm not going to. Because um, how else will I reach the hour limit if I leave all if I take all this stuff out <laughs> we're gonna be shorter than an hour it was for two and a half billion okay so 2.5 billion which is substantially more that's fair mm-hmm. yep but at the time I said what really but holy smokes have they monetized this thing very very well I'm sure they've made their money back in t-shirts and stickers and I just, it's its a lot. It's a lot of monetization they've done with it. So, and Minecraft seems to be as relevant as ever. My kids are still into it. I mean, I don't think it's quite got like the YouTube streamer hype that I'd had four years ago, but. That's fair. They've moved on to Fortnite and PUBG and stuff. Yeah. Gwent, I don't know. Gwent. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot, I forgot that Gwent was a separate thing. Oh, really? I knew, but I haven't seen anybody mention playing Gwent or streaming Gwent in months at this point. Have you seen it? Um, a couple times. Jesse Cox got flown out to wherever CD Projekt Red is located, like a European country. I can't remember which one. Poland. Poland, mm-hmm. thank you. To host a Gwent tournament in a mine. Wow. Yeah. That sounds fancy. Well, it was a restaurant that had been like put into a, well, a mine that had been retrofitted into a restaurant. That is so Polish. Holy cow. All right. That's cool. Yeah. When was that? Uh, a month ago, maybe two. Oh, so it's still relevant on some level. Yeah. Like I know there was a really popular Hearthstone streamer named Life Coach who hmm. went into Gwent a while ago. Haven't heard anything about him since, so I don't know. Okay. I'm not even sure if he's still doing that. Who even knows? Life Coach Gwent. Uh, Gwent has 530 viewers on Twitch at the moment. That's not a huge amount, but... No. Still, if there's only like four people in there, then that's not bad. Okay, so the top like four streamers all have over 40 viewers, with the top one being 220. They're not okay. they're not doing bad. All right, that's like, not you know, bad, but I mean decent aud- audience. It is decent. But I mean, that's not even StarCraft numbers on a random night, right? This has uh six people, 8, 10, 11 people streaming it. Uh, one mm. of them, I, it looks like he's playing something else and just hasn't updated the stream title. But StarCraft yeah. has like 60 people streaming. like And like nine of them will easily just have one pe- one person watching. Okay, how about the top end though? Oh, the top end's way bigger. Yeah. No doubt. That's what I'm uh, StarCraft has nearly 4,000 people in it right now with Winter at the top at 1,400. Yeah. Yeah, it's way better. But even then, in StarCraft 2, you drop down to the third biggest stream. It's smaller than the biggest Gwent stream. It's smaller than the biggest Gwent stream? Yeah. Gwent's biggest streamer has uh, 227 viewers at the moment. Nathanius Mm -hmm. is the third largest English streamer with only 214. Okay. So kind of comparable, but considering Gwent is two or three years old and StarCraft is eight, nine years old now? Yeah. Yeah different audiences for different things i'm not trying yeah. to say gwent is as popular as starcraft <laughs> right there's Good no way in the world i'm making that comparison wow how do we get to gwent uh i made a joke about it being relevant like minecraft oh that's right that's why 
Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. I literally had no idea. So anyway, GitHub uh, purchased by Microsoft. A lot of developers are kind of freaking out about it. I've seen some people say, let's just wait and see what happens. Like there's no reason to panic about it now. But the mm. initial indication does seem to be that it's people are worried about it. I don't know. I'm sure they'll integrate it into the Office family. Oh, probably. Which is might be good for companies that are already using Office like mine. So I don't know. It might make things easier. Mm. Maybe. We will see. The other thing that I just want to talk about quick today is... So I follow both the NBA Facebook page and the ESPN Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Earlier last year, there was an eSport program set up for NBA 2K, which is a franchise that's been around for a while. It's just basketball played on the Xbox or the PlayStation or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they set up kind of a fantasy league where professional players from around the world um, were able to be drafted onto teams by captains and there's like an eight team league and you play each other and there's you know standings and a playoff eventually and it just sounds like a lot of fun the only problem with this is that they've been putting up highlights for this league on the official espn page and the official nba page on facebook and holy smokes are people mad about this (laughs) because it doesn't fit like okay i kind of i like to straddle both worlds for the real you know sports ball and esports i get both of them i get excited about both of them Mm mm-hmm but I just don't think there's a lot of crossover. I don't think there's a lot of people who watch the NBA and say, oh, these these fat dudes sitting on couches playing hey. the basketball on their PlayStation is hey. the same thing. Why are they going to be fat? I love this Why they too. Because they are. How do they you show know them. that? Oh, they show them? Okay, never mind. Because they show them in these clips. They're like, look at this amazing dunk by X96, DJ X96. And you look at him and he's like, wow, you're at least 300 pounds. <laughs> I'm just, right, so I'm just saying, the regular sports people, the sports person in me looks at this and says, this does not belong. It (laughs) simply does not belong on the ESPN page. I'm sorry. And you go through the comments, and the top comments are all like, stop posting this. Nobody (laughs) wants to see this. Apparently, the NBA finals aren't providing high enough content, so they got to post dudes playing 2K. (laughs) (laughs) Here's a comment. I stopped watching the NBA entirely because I watch NBA 2K now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my is there a high enough skill, skill ceiling in the NBA 2K games to have it be a eSport? Good question, Wade. You're making me think. How dare you? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know enough, to be honest. Mm. I've, I have played the NBA video game franchises back through like 2006. Uh, I was never a fan of the 2K ones. We're going to post one of the videos in the show notes here, but the players are slippery. Like, they're wearing bedroom slippers on the court instead of sneakers. Mm. And it messes up the aesthetic for me. And it's been like this for years, so it's got to be intentional why they roll it like this. But the I used to play the uh, EA Sports version of this back, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, and the players were more sticky it just their feet stuck to the ground when they planted and turned and ran and stuff i don't know why that's not the case in the 2k franchise but apparently they don't feel like fixing it all right so you want your tall sweaty men to also be sticky okay i do as they play with the ball and sweaty as they play with the ball yes sometimes multiple balls is it really that's not true there's only ever one (laughs) okay thank you that'd be amazing (laughs) multiple balls or like Find the hidden spot on the floor and unlock multi-ball. <laughs> Another ball just drops from the ceiling. That'd be fantastic. I don't know what they'd do. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Just a two-ball version. Should... Get on it. Well, so, okay, so there's the XFL, which 
was in existence for like two years back in the 90s. What's the XFL? It, it was marketed as an alternative to the NFL. That was, it didn't have as strict like unnecessary roughness rules and let people kind of play more physically. Well, part of it too is that the true talent in football was playing in the NFL. And so you kind of got the castoffs and the people that couldn't quite make it in the NFL were playing in the XFL. And I just, I don't think the talent level is high enough to really keep people's attention for more than a couple of weeks. Okay. They did pioneer the sky cam though. If you've ever seen the camera that's like suspended on wires above the field and gives you some really nice angles of the action, but the NFL stole that. The NFL is like, that's a great idea. And they took it and now they use it today. Anyway, my point is uh, that if there was an XFL for the NBA, like an XBA, We'll just let that marinate for a little bit. <laughs> um, an XBA, I think that'd be really fun. Like just at random points during the game, you don't know when it is, a second ball drops from the ceiling and both baskets, both balls can score whenever they want. Yeah, that'd be great. Like would it turn into like a 2v2 on either end of the court where, but you have five players for each team on the court. So it'd be like a 3v3 and a 2v2, mm-hmm. one, you know, one separate game is going on each end. I don't know. I think it'd be nuts. I'd like to see them try that. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. But I, I, there's always like adding more stuff to already existing competitions. And true, any sport, no matter what it is, can be improved by paintball guns. Did you say paintballs? Paintball guns. Oh, paintball guns. Yeah, yeah of course. Like just make the players wear masks and give them also paintball mm-hmm. guns. You're running down the court with the ball on a fast break, and somebody hits you in the side of the head with a paintball. Yeah. that's gonna mess things up. Yeah. It'll hurt and maybe I'll flinch or something and stuff up. It'll be great. There's no sport that cannot be improved by baseball guns. Wow. I mean, I think my life has been changed. Imagine NASCAR if it was like if it was like a death race with paintball guns. I'd be down. Try to drive and shoot at the same time. Or would you have a designated shooter in the passenger seat? Designated shooter. Oh, that's so good. It's so good. All right. All right. I'm on board with your plans, Wade. I would like to subscribe to your newsletter. (laughs) Uh, Sure. (laughs) I'll send you my email address after this. That's enough. I think that's enough random things for the week. Was there anything else that you wanted to bring up? No. Before we get into the meat of it? I think that's it. So both Wade and I saw Solo probably about two weeks ago now, 10 days ago now. I saw it last night. Again? Mm -hmm. For the second time. Yes. For the second time. So the original plan was I was pretty iffy about it. And so I said, Wade, why don't you go see it? Because you're going to see it anyway. And you tell me if it's worth seeing. And if Mm -hmm. it is, we'll do a podcast about it. And then you saw it before I did. I did. But then the word of mouth was so positive. Everybody I talk to at work, at home, and family, some message boards that I'm on, on Reddit, people were like, it's good. Mm. I mean, it's not going to win major awards, but it's good. And I said, oh, well, shoot, if it's good, I'll go see it. So I did. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was good. Good. I thought it was good too. Yeah. Good podcast. Thanks for joining us. And good for night. another edition of the Falcon Paladin Hour. I mean, no, but- I have basically <laughs> the same feelings. Like, I heard some things, people say it was good. I heard some people say they didn't like it. And now that I've seen it twice, I'm wondering why they didn't like it. Yeah. I mean,. There's only, like, a couple things that I really don't like about it. Amelia Clark and Darth Maul. Spoilers. Everything Amelia Clark? Holy no, cow. No, not everything. It's just, this movie is so clearly focused around how it's a young Han Solo, but there's a couple scenes where it's like, man, Amelia Clark looks like she's 45. She does not look as wow. young as Han Solo in this. That That's interesting. 
That's an interesting uh, thing to notice. How old is Amelia Clark? She's 31. Mm. So, hmm. Was it like the hair? What are you? Not like the, the makeup? The wrinkles? <laughs> the wrinkles. Wow. I'm sorry, I couldn't help it. She looked old. For someone who's, <laughs> for someone who's supposed to be playing a young character, you need them to look right. young. Did she look young in the first scene? When they're on yes. Corellia? When they're on Corellia, okay. she looks uh, perfectly young. So maybe they tried to age her up because it's like three years later and they just well, did too much of a job. This The scene that I'm thinking of specifically is where Han is talking to Tobias about his plan on the... like. Um, the refinery, right? And they're off in the sand world. And she's talking to Anibris or whatever it is. And she's like, I um, think he's going to try and help you. I'm sorry. I'm hung up on Anibris. Who? Person who wore the mask. The Marauder. Oh, yes. Got it. Okay. Yeah. That scene specifically, hmm. uh, she looks a little old. <laughs> okay. That, I did not notice that, but that's fair. It's a f- fair thing to complain about. It just, it, yeah. I mean,. It's not like she's a bad-looking person. It just it took me out of it being like, oh, she looks considerably aged there. Hmm. Maybe it's the sand. Maybe. It's entirely possible it's just the sand. <laughs> anyway, another thing I did want to mention about the movie, though, is that apparently Ron Howard was brought in to direct it kind of at the last minute. He reshot 80% of this film. Oh, I didn't know that. I know. And then I was like, all right, let's do this. And... Mm. Whatever he did seems to make the movie a lot better. I mean, the initial... What people were talking about this movie when it was in production made it sound like it was horrific. Just really, really bad. Mm. And the fact that it came out good is kind of amazing. I mean, I would, for one, love to see that first cut. Um, I would love to see what was done when Ron Howard was brought in. Yeah, yeah. Just to see how bad it was. Or if it wasn't that bad and they were exaggerating. Because we don't know. Hmm. I, I think it'd be really interesting to see what was there. Reshoots like that are always Cause, interesting because they also had to do reshoots on Rogue One. So I know, true, but yeah. not as extensive as no, the Solo. Definitely not as extensive. I mean, that's the narrative now, though, is that Ron Howard's a miracle worker. He came in and saved this thing from ruin. It's still not making as much money as it needs to mm-hmm. to merit a sequel. Mm-hmm. I actually just pulled up the numbers here. So for June third, it has grossed a total of two hundred and sixty-four million dollars, and the budget was two fifty. Yeah. yeah. Is that so? Anything from or? now is pure. P- that's yes. That's domestic and, and international. International. So combined. I mean, that's the thing is that international markets have really been saving some of these films over the years, China especially. Mm. Um, but not in this case. And sure, anything it makes from now is gravy. It's basically pure profit from this point on. But considering the fact that Disney's other properties, Avengers properties, Marvel Cinematic Universe, other Star Wars films have grossed within the billions, mm. it really makes this one look bad. Yeah, I've seen like a bunch of videos on YouTube come out being like, why Solo has bombed. For the most part, a lot of them are just spouting nonsense like the Star Wars fans are boycotting it after The Last Jedi. And I'm like, okay, Mm. well that's a stupid answer because Star Wars fans, if they're anything, are still going to go see the next movie. (laughs) Like, I don't think there's anything slowing them down. I think largely, for sure. I think they are. There does seem to be a pretty vocal minority of fans that did not like The Last Jedi. And mm. I think those ones maybe could stay away. But I really think once the word on the street is that it's good, mm. I think even those people would go. 
The other uh, thing that I heard is a bit more compelling of an argument, which is the average American moviegoer only goes to the movies five times a year, and two weeks before this was Deadpool 2, and two weeks before that was Infinity War. So I think you're burnt out on movies. Just bad timing. Deadpool 2 do? I want to know. Deadpool... It did pretty well. Uh, $250 million domestically, 344 and so $500 million worldwide at this point. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. With a budget of 110, so it cost half as much to right. make, but... Yes, it's made twice as much. Deadpool 1 ended up going for $783 million when all was said and done. Mm-hmm. So it's on pace. I think the Deadpool 2 could catch it, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So you've got Infinity War and Deadpool... And so you think Americans were like, that's enough. Especially that's enough, like, superhero sci-fi stuff. Sci-fi stuff specifically, yeah, probably. Yeah, fair. I liked it, though, some specific things that I liked about it. Okay. It was really nice to get the backstory on Han and Chewie. Because for decades now, we've known that Chewie owes Han a life debt. And they never go to in any of the details. It's never even once really investigated. Wait, hold on. When before Solo did you think that Chewie owed Han a life debt. What do you mean? It's just, uh, he does? So you're asking when it references it? Yeah. Let me pull it up. I think it's in the initial Star Wars. Because I don't remember it. Oh, okay. Okay, so hold on. My thoughts about, like, why Han and Chewie always hung out is because they were just friends, right? They had met at some point, and then they were just friends, so they hung out. Yeah. Because the best thing about Han is he's just a dude, right? And Correct. He has no powers. Exactly. And his friend is just a dude. <laughs> and that makes Chewie just not like some magical Wookiee or the last Wookiee. He's just a Wookiee. So right? it's having an alien feel commonplace. I, I prefer mm. it if Chewie's just a dude, right? Chewie's still just a dude yeah. if, Han, uh, if he owes Han a life, life debt, but I've never heard of that before. That's interesting. So I've been kind of looking at stuff while we've been talking about this. Mm-hmm. And interesting. Apparently, it's an expanded universe thing. Ah, Legends? Yeah. Then it's not canon. Then it's not canon. But they made it canon by putting it in Solo. But it's <laughs> it's not a life debt. He busted him out of prison, but he was also like going to get eaten otherwise. That's not really, oh, now I owe you a life debt. Well, why does he stick with him forever instead of helping his people? Because they're friends. Because mm. because Han hasn't steered him wrong. Because Han Maybe and him can still f- go help their people. Which they don't do. You don't know that? <laughs> that is one of the things. Just real quick. Congratulations on your slave rebellion mm-hmm. on the Spice Planet. But guess what? There's a Star Destroyer parked outside the only way in or out. So all you people are toast. Probably. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. You want to go through the maelstrom? Why not? Han did. <laughs> yes, he did. And he almost died. The whole, like, uh, geography of the, how that maelstrom works, it's like they say there's one way in and out, but they don't... Yep, the it, safe it, way. Yeah, but it seems like there's no real way to visualize that, especially when they start talking about a length of distance called a parsec. Because that thing's huge then, right? Because do you know how big a parsec yes. is? I mean, sure, it's big. I don't see why it can't be big. You know what we have in this universe? Faster than light travel. Distance doesn't mean anything. But that's the problem. Distance okay. doesn't mean anything. How do we know? Like, cause, and where the refinery plant is, it doesn't seem like they just popped out the way that they came. They were like, oh, we need to take a shortcut. And, you know, there's the Star Destroyer moving in. Is that the only way in and out? So they then took a shortcut by just 
flying through a wall. Like yes, I, I don't. That's it, exactly what happened. Right, but Han just picked a wall. How come they can't just pick another wall and leave then? Because you pick a wall and you might hit an asteroid as soon as you get into that wall. It's possible. Maybe Han not. only did it because they were desperate because they couldn't take on four TIE fighters and a Star Destroyer. That was their only option. And so, sure, if these slaves want to try to escape and they're desperate, they can also try to navigate through the maelstrom. But I don't think their odds of survival are any good at all. I mean, probably, yeah. It's sad. They distracted the Star Destroyer and the Star Destroyer didn't go to Castle. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe they're alive. Don't be so negative. I mean, back to the life debt thing, though. I just, I don't know, put yourself in Chewie's shoes. Your family's been enslaved. Uh Uh-huh. You're able to get to the same place they are basically by helping this dude out who saved you from being chained inside a pit for a while, right? He he doesn't know that where Han is going is where his people are. Okay, so yes, it just worked out. It was very lucky for you. Good job. Yeah. So you find them. You free them in a sense that they are no longer chained up. Mm. And then instead of being like, hey, let's go home. I'm so happy to see you guys. You're like, I'm going to hang out with this person from another species because he needs me? Like, what is this? Because they're friends. Because Chewie is also I know, a smuggler. But because they're friends. But who are these friends that you abandoned your family for, Wade? Well, how do, you, how do you know that the exact Wookiees he found are actually his tribe? Because. Because what? They sit down and have a conversation about it? Is there a movie you yes. watched that I didn't? Correct. They had a conversation in Wookiee, I have taken some elective courses in college in Wookiee, and that's what they were saying. Oh, please. Give us a demonstration. You really think that was just random Wookiees? Why not? There I are feel lots like the of body Wookiees. language. I know. I feel like the body language was a lot more intimate than that. I don't think so. Wow. Okay. I feel like those were just some Wookiees that he happened to found. And like he's like, Yes, my entire species has been enslaved and I freed some of you, so we're gonna have a moment of like the outsiders in this giant cog of an empire where i'm freeing you we're gonna share something for a second that doesn't necessarily make them family Hmm. fair enough i can't prove it it's just the impression that i got Mm. Hmm. all right so no life debt that was expanded universe it's been removed with the great purge of the eu so that's that is out so they just hang because they're friends Yep, because they're both smugglers they're both in it to make some money they're both smugglers this is true as a smuggler uh, everything after he meets Han. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. So he just adopts the lifestyle of Han. Yeah. Moving backward a little bit. I wasn't really a fan of the casting of Mr. Alden Einrenreich. That is the hardest name to say, dude. Who's this? He's Han. Oh, you didn't Al- like him? Alden. No, I, d- I didn't like the casting at first. I didn't feel like he had the charisma that Han should have as a young man. Mm-hmm. But then I think he did a great job. I think he acquitted himself quite well. I think he really um, expressed the bluffing persona that mm. Han has. Mm-hmm. You put him in a tough situation and Blonde will try to... <laughs> Blonde. <laughs> Han will try to bluff you. He does it when he's a young man. He does it when he's a middle-aged man. And he does it when he's an old man all the way through Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. So I did like that. Yeah. I think he looks most like Han on his like profile view. Like when he turns his face and you only see half of him. I think he's almost yeah. a dead ringer for Han. 
Yes, and but yes, I never thought looking at him straight on that he was a ringer for Harrison yeah, I, Ford. I mean, he kind of looked like him, but like a kind of like a young him, but not super identical. Like you, correct. I don't. He looks close enough that you go, huh, yeah, maybe, but not close enough you'd include him in a lineup. Definitely not. But in the end, he had more charisma than I thought. Mm-hmm. I really thought that really wide smile that he broke out a bunch of times. I didn't expect that to be coming. So that was good. Mm. Um, and then just his sheer confidence in his abilities. It's going to work out. Even if the odds are low, don't you know, never tell me the odds. I'm going to do this thing. It's going to work out. If it doesn't work out, I'm going to forget about it real quick and do the next thing. Mm. That's a very Han characteristic. I think they nailed in this too. Yeah. Uh, how did you like um, Paul Bettany as Dryden Voss? I like Paul Bettany a lot in pretty much everything he does. I was cool with it. <laughs> Except for Vision. Um, I don't like Vision. I like Paul Bettany. Uh. Boy, is he boring as Vision. Holy smokes. <laughs> Let's not get into it. Did you know that Paul Bettany was brought in for the uh, reshoots with Ron Howard? It was originally in... Michael K. Williams, but he was unable to return after during the uh, reshoots. Who the heck is Michael K. Williams? Some guy. Michael K. Williams. Oh! I know this guy. Omar from The Wire. Sure. Oh, man. Now I really want to see the original version. <laughs> oh, that'd be so good. Sure. Oh, Omar. Omar is the bad guy in Solo. Holy crap. On board. Okay. <laughs> it's one of my life's goals is to find this old footage <laughs> of Michael K. Williams playing the bad guy in Solo. I really need them to release this now. They won't. They never will because it's Disney. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Mm. Ah, why did you have to tell me that? Now I have loss. <laughs> I didn't have loss before, and now I do. I, f- I thought it was an interesting piece of information. I appreciate that. I know you didn't do it on purpose, but oh, man. As much as I like Paul Bettany. Okay. Anyway. Let, let's talk about Darth Maul. Okay. I did not expect Darth Maul to show up in this movie. Neither did I. I don't think anybody did. Uh, I wonder if uh, people who have seen the... Yeah, the Star Wars like Rebels and the Clone, Clone Wars. Wars. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wonder if they expected it. Like, the Crimson Sun is clearly his organization, and he's all through that. So, okay, so I've watched all of Clone Wars. Okay, and I do not remember the Crimson Sun Darth Maul connection. Mm, okay, maybe Rebels. it's maybe it's made clear. Maybe it is a thing in Clone Wars, but I don't remember it. It might be Rebels. Yeah, it definitely could be, which I haven't yeah, no. haven't seen any of Rebels. Apparently, spoiler alert, Darth Maul dies in Rebels. Like, he hunts down Obi-Wan mm-hmm. on Tatooine, yep. and Obi-Wan just, like, takes him down. No big deal. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. Sure does. Don't mess with Obi-Wan, dude. He doesn't lose fights. Actually, interesting enough, Ray Park reprised his role as Darth Maul. Yeah. It was him plus some, like, voice actor work for somebody who's done Sam the work for the... Witter. Uh, Witwer. Witwer, I think he's... Yeah, for the animated stuff. Yeah. Him force-pulling his lightsaber and turning it on, completely unnecessary. The other thing is, like, Darth Maul Mm. is a really, really scary force user. Mm -hmm. There's no part of him that makes me believe head of criminal enterprise. It's not like he's Jabba the Hutt. I just don't see the skill sets being the same for Dark Jedi and head of criminal organization. Well, that's the thing. uh, The story is that he uses his physical abilities to just dominate the other crime syndicates and then rule from the shadows because he knows okay, he doesn't but... have the um like the the criminal insight that he needs to actually do it no he definitely doesn't also how does that story not get out how does he 
physically dominate major figures in the criminal underworld, and nobody's like, dude, this guy who looks just like Darth Maul, or this guy with a red face and horns and a lightsaber is kicking the crap out of these bad guys, and the story gets out. Because he I kills like everyone. Okay, but he has to leave somebody to work for him. Yeah, and they're working for him. If they tell someone, he kills them. I know, but you know what they say about a secret. Two people can keep a secret as long as one of them is dead. Um, <laughs> that one, yeah. Yeah, I just don't buy it. I don't buy it in-universe that Darth Maul... Darth Maul as a lone wolf kind of hunting and tracking down Jedi and trying to do stuff on his own, I can buy that he keeps his place secret, his existence secret. By Darth Maul, who is a lone wolf, I can understand being able to keep himself under wraps and keep everybody unaware of his existence. But the Darth Maul, who's head of a giant criminal organization that everybody knows exists, by the way. This is not a secretly hidden organization. Everybody's aware of it. I just don't know how he remains hidden from everybody for any length of time, is all. Well, if you can only call him... If dry, if you can only call him with Dryden Voss's ring, and that's the only way you can contact him, there are very few people who can contact him and know about him. Everyone thinks Dryden Voss might be the leader. Yeah, and I'm sure they do. Hmm. Well, there you go. He's just working from the shadows. Yeah, I just for a while, sure. I just don't see it lasting very long. How come? The shadow, the shadow thing is hard. He's a like he was a Sith Lord apprentice. I think he can do shadows. He learned <laughs> he learned from the Emperor who hid in the Republic, uh, like as a Chancellor for forty years. I think he can learn a thing or two. That's true. That's a good point. Well, anyway, I don't think uh, we're gonna see a sequel to Solo, so I don't think it matters. Um. I'd be surprised if we saw a direct sequel, but I think we're going to see something with Amelia Clark and Darth Maul. I'd be surprised if we didn't. Interesting. Okay. But not Han. But not necessarily Han. Hmm. That'd be interesting. Do you think she's just playing him the entire time, or that she actually still likes him? She's playing Darth, or she's playing Han? Playing Han. Yeah, oh... Oh, no, yeah. I think she still has some feelings for Han, but I think in the three years they've been apart, she doesn't know if he's alive or not. She's made her own plans. Mm. She's been waiting for an opportunity to take down her boss for a while, and the presence of Han isn't going to change that. Yeah. Okay. So Three years is a long time. And it's three years of, I don't know if the person I love is alive. It's not three years of, oh, we're sending letters back and forth, and, you know, you're around, and we'll be back together someday. This is three years of... The person I love is probably dead. Mm. It's very different. So that's where I think the next one goes. It's Amelia and Darth Maul trying to do something, and there's some other people, and then she intentionally like tries to get Han out of it, like because she already pinned Tobias's death. Oh, uh, not Tobias. Dryden's death on Tobias, but Tobias is dead. So yes. Darth wants to hunt down whoever else did that, and I think she's going to like point in the direction of someone else intentionally that's why the movie will not include him sure that's fair i mean i can see her having enough fondness for han that she intentionally doesn't send darth maul after him Mm. so (laughs) i appreciate yes i can appreciate that (laughs) i don't yeah i just don't know i don't know if disney's gonna do a whole movie around darth maul and a character that didn't exist until solo that's a hard sell i think Mm, i think it's like maybe that's where they'll do like the Boba Fett movie and the Obi-Wan Kenobi Kenobi movie as one. Boba yeah, Fett was also okay. a hired assassin for Darth Maul and Obi-Wan as a relatively older man on Tatooine 
is now forced to face down. I'm down. I'd be down with that. Call me Disney. I don't know. Let me write for you. <laughs> yes. I mean, the problem is, of course, that the whole future of the Solo franchise and anything related to it is in jeopardy right now. But yep. we'll see. We'll see what they decide to do. So I did really enjoy Woody Harrelson in this. I, I generally like him in everything that he does. I think this was like his best movie ever. Whoa. Have you seen Zombieland? Yes, I've seen Zombieland. He's good in Zombieland. I think he's better at this. Interesting. Have you seen the first season of True Detective? No. He's really good in that. He was in a like a cop drama? Is that what True Detective is? Yes. He's a detective. Oh, okay. Investigating some murders in Louisiana. I don't know if I've ever seen him in a TV show. Yeah, he's more of a movie guy, but HBO was able to get him and McConaughey for the season one of True Detective thing. I have not seen him in Cheers. Apparently he was in 200 episodes of Cheers. Yes, he was the main character in Cheers, which I haven't seen much of either. No. Uh, Beethoven, Mickey's 60th birthday, Killer Instinct, Dear John, Saturday Night Killer Live. Killer Instinct? Like the video game Killer Instinct? Uh, maybe. It's, no. <laughs> they, it's a TV show called Killer Instinct. Oh, uh, all right. Plot. Charlie is a young attorney assigned to the case of Freddy, a violent and uncontrollable man, about to be released from the hospital. Hmm. So, no, not about fighting him. Um, let's see what else was he in. He was in The Simpsons, <laughs> where he also played Woody Boyd, the guy from Cheers. Uh, Spin City. Nice. I, I like Spin City. Yeah. Uh, Ellen. don't know. Frasier. Uh, he was on Frasier? Probably guest star. No, as Woody Boyd. Well, seven episodes. Yeah. Oh, no. Frasier one episode. Like 400. Hmm. But Frasier and Cheers yeah, okay. are in the same show. They're spinoffs. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Will and Grace, Game Change, David Blaine, Magic or Real? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, True Detective in Saturday Night Live. He hasn't been on a TV show in four years. Yes. That's why the True Detective thing was weird. Okay, so he's done a yep. lot of movies, though. Mm-hmm. I think I like the character. I like he plays the guy who's kind of jaded and kind of trying to get home. Mm. right like he has an eventual goal that he knows he's never going to get but he just tells himself it's true anyway just to kind of get to the next day mm. yeah i like those characters and i think he did a good job with it mm-hmm. i think it was great the his girlfriend is mave on westworld so i was like oh it's mave then she died in like 10 minutes and i was sad i do have a question why do they have to blow up the train tracks on the train heist because each of the cars are linked to the rails as much as they are to the next car so you have to split off both of the cars in front of it and behind it and then remove it from the rails you can't just lift it like a regular train oh so you have to create a section of track that's missing so you can lift both the top and the bottom out at the same time yes okay thanks i did not understand that no worries so good job good job mave making it happen kind of woody harrelson's gonna be in venom i didn't know that a quick aside about venom okay venom and the symbiote really are only interesting as they connect to Peter Parker in some way. The fact that there's going to be a standalone Venom movie without Peter makes no sense to me at all. Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. Same page. Good. Yep. Same page. All right. Yeah. I don't, I love Tom Hardy. Like, don't get me wrong. And I like Venom as a character, but without the context of Spider-Man, I just don't, I don't know what they do. Yeah. Okay. So back to Solo. Okay. <laughs> what else do you have back to say? Back to Solo. As much as I like the Woody Harrelson character, where is he walking when he has all of that fuel in those suitcases with Chewie? Where is he going? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> he came to that planet on the Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. 
The only other ship we're aware of forever is the yacht where he can't go. Well, okay, he was clearly walking to wherever it is Han uh, went to to find Lando Calrissian playing another game. He just knows that there's another town out there somewhere. Lando was on the he took the off refinery planet. Yeah, because he was on the Falcon. He took off when um, Enfys. How do we know that's the same? How do we know planet? that? Because Han walks there after he shoots Woody Harrelson. How do we know that? Because if if Woody Harrelson can't get another ship, right? How did Han? Well, because he's friends with those Marauder guys, and they have a ship. No, they give him his money and then leave. <laughs> they give him his one vial of coaxium. But I'm sure if he'd been like, hey, by the way, I need a ride. Can you like take me somewhere? They'd be like, that's cool. You gave us 50 gajillion dollars worth of fuel. I, we can do that. I think if Han has to get a ride to go and find Lando then none of yes. it makes sense because he, Lando has, like, a hyperdrive. He could go anywhere. How would he know where he went? I don't know. Maybe he'd been looking for a while. I think if he took the beat-up junker of a ship and only flew it to the nearest town that Han could also walk to, that, yeah, that would be that's better. that's fair. But I don't think Lando hides. He, I don't think... I don't think he's hiding. Yeah, so I'm just saying, if Han wanted to find him on another planet, I'm sure he could figure it out pretty soon. Lando's pretty flamboyant that way. Right, but he didn't go to another planet. Well, you don't know that. I do know that. It doesn't say it's the same planet. It doesn't say it's a different planet. Okay, so you don't know it's the same planet. Well, no, because they'll tell you if you go into a different planet. It's like, when, it's, like, it's like when they cut to a different time. It says three years later down the bottom of the scene. That's how I know what time has changed. Fine, I don't they, want to argue about this. They do it in Rogue One all the time. It's stupid. Every time you see a new planet, they go, this is Scarif, or whatever. So that's where Woody Harrelson was going, was to the, whatever this casino bar place was. Maybe, yeah. And he was going to try to find transport off planet. <clears throat> all right, so that's the answer. That's the answer to that one. Oh, what other questions did I have? Mm, uh, oh, so if Han bankrolled the Rebellion from day one... He doesn't bankroll the Rebellion. He bankrolls... The Splinter Group with... Uh, Which who, founds the Rebellion. No. No, he doesn't. Yeah. He, no. It's the... What's his face? Uh, the guy from Rogue One. Uh, Saul uh, Guerrero. Saul Guerrero. He, he's funding them. Then he dies. Yeah. But that's not the Rebellion. They were working with the Rebellion proper. Right? The ones with like Mon Mothra and all them. And the Organa family. Right? That's the Rebellion proper that we know in A New Hope. But the Coaxium and the Marauders from uh, Emphis were going to Saw Gerrera. This predates that. Yes, that's... Yeah. Okay. This predates Rogue One, yes, but Saw Gerrera was still yeah. active through the Clone Wars and stuff. Hmm. Okay. So the Rebellion existed, but they couldn't make a fleet of their own. They didn't have the money to be able to stand up to the Empire on any any even footing until the Coaxium came in. No. Until this incredible gift of 60 million credits no. worth of enough for a f small fleet and came in. Rogue One is set like a week before A New Hope, right? There's a line in that and it's yeah. pretty... I think they mention it in New Hope that this is the first time that the Rebels have ever assembled their fleets. Right? They're finally yeah. out of position. Right? Han Solo sure. is set like 15 years before that. Yeah. It took time... Why? They need time to build the ships and somewhere to hide the ships. Right, but but the coaxium that Han has does not go directly to them, right? Wait, what? Coaxium goes to Saw Gerrera, who's not them. He's working with them, but he's not part of them. He's his own rebellion yeah. militia. Yeah, so eventually 
that turns into the rebellion, though. Can you prove it? Well, they hold on, hold on. really heavily do, do you imply mean the Coaxian gets turned into the rebellion, or Sorgerera's rebellion gets turned into the rebellion? Because that's not what happens. I'm, Sorgera- I mean, the Coaxium helps the rebellion get onto something of an even ground against the Empire, and allows for the battle at the end of Rogue One to happen. There's no real proof of that. They could have gotten their Coaxium elsewhere. Like you don't. Okay, so you don't, where did all Hans go? To Sorgerera. He's a split. Who of- has a fleet? No, he could have sold it to okay, any so number of people. And what did he do with it then? To trade it for supplies. For money. Because he's he's one dude with an underground hideout when we see him in Rogue One. He could have had more. <laughs> like, we don't see the limit of I don't know why you're stuff. insisting on making this more complicated. They're like, this could build an entire fleet. Thanks, Han. No, like, they, that's not they, what their fleet they, came they, from. They, they gave it to Saw Gerrera. They said, they said it... Well, one... You see some of Saw Gerrera's troops with Enfys. That's why I know that, right? Some, sure. Two, you don't see that it ever... Like, they say it's worth, like, 60 million. You don't know what, how much a spaceship costs. No, but they say the phrase, this can buy... What do they say? I don't know what the direct quote is. But they basically say this could fu- this can fund, this can power a fleet. Yeah, this could power a fleet, but not it could buy a fleet. That's two very different things. Right, because the original rebellion is, uh, you see it in Revenge of the Sith, uh, it's a bunch of the counselors or whatever, the uh, chancellors from the, I can't remember what they call it, the senate or whatever, they fear yeah. that uh, the emperor, the guy that becomes the emperor, is going to have too much power, and you can see that there's a scene where they all sit down and like, we're talking about starting a rebellion, these are obviously very wealthy people. Like, the Organa family's kings or whatever, at least, because that's what makes Leia... Senators, sure. Right, but they're kings on their planet. Like, uh, Queen Amidala, her role's queen. They clearly have their own funds. Is Organa a king? Not sure about that. Princess Leia. Father's a king. Sure. Hmm. They sure never call him that. Maybe he's a royal consort. I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, high-level people, yes. Yes, they probably have their own money and funds. I'm I'm not saying none of the fuel went there. But I'm not saying it's what caused the rebellion to happen or to work. I don't think it's as big a piece as people are making it out to be. I don't think that's a good argument. That's fair. I can understand that. I'm not going to fight you on that one. Because you can't. Not because you don't want to, but because you can't. Also, maybe because I'm tired. I don't know. Something like that. Maybe. (sighs) Okay. So problem, problem solved. We solved the problem. Problem solved. So I think that's it. I think that's all the questions and concerns that I had. I really enjoyed the action set pieces. I thought it was really fun. The train heist is a nice twist mm. on the standard uh, train robbery. Uh, I thought the whole thing inside the inside the maw, inside the maelstrom was really fun visually. Just really exciting. That crazy space monster and then the black hole in there and the classic gotta inject the super incredible fuel into the engine oh no it didn't work oh it was just delayed stupid lag and then (laughs) seen that before but it was still fun definitely fun and then yep and then okay one okay do have one question so in the in the final fight in the yacht Mm -hmm. uh kira let's call her by her, her real name for once for the movie sure kira disarms han and then ends up murdering paul bettany yes what what was that uh, she wanted to make sure Dryden Boss had his guard down by disarming, by pretending to attack and disarm Han first. Okay, it was part of a process. Yep. Step one, make Dryden's guard think I'm not a threat. Well, make yeah. Dryden, because Dryden's guards were already dead. Oh, that's true. 
Chronology is hard. Only when you're tired. True. Extra hard when you're tired. Mm-hmm. Boosh. All right. Sweet. You are good at answering my questions. Do you have any more? No. I loved Lando. Donald Glover as Lando was fantastic. He was okay. Yeah. He did a good job embodying the smoothness and the confidence of Lando. I feel like he was trying to be like Lando Calrissian older, but it came Ooh. off perfectly like, yes, this is clearly someone trying to be Lando Calrissian, but doesn't quite have the aged experience that they need for it. Yeah, he's bluffing a little bit. Yeah, felt great. He is faking it until he makes it. Yes. And then I really liked it that first card game where the Millennium Falcon is up for bet. And you're like, you can't happen now. <laughs> like, really? You're just going to, this is it? This is the thing? And then he lost. And I was like, okay, good. So glad. And then I thought it was clever to kind of work in the whole thing where Lando's cheating at cards and then Han figures it out. And then the next time they play, he manages to sneak it away from him. And then it just does nice. It was <laughs> nice and complicated and fun. Yeah. It also gives you that nice scene for Empire Strikes Back where he's like, after what you pulled. Yeah. <laughs> and they both have reason to be pissed at each other. Yeah. Right. <sighs> All right. Oh, I guess finally, finally thing. I really enjoyed the droid. That's one of my favorite things about... The more recent Star Wars films is the snarky droids. <laughs> yeah. Um, KS two O. I liked more. I liked KS yeah. two more from Rogue One. But Alan uh, Tudyk's L... hard to beat. You can't really fight um too hard. L three. Yeah. L three three seven. One of the bigger personalities. Like KS two O is kind of like a, a subtle snarky kill all humans robot. Yes. But L three is just like robot revolution. <laughs> Let's do this thing. Straight up. Anything you need, equal rights. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I love the story explanation of Lando being like, I really should wipe her. She's getting kind of unruly, but she's got the best navigational database in the whatever, so I can't do that. Mm. Yeah. Which, I don't know why you can't wipe the personality and keep the navigational database intact, but who knows? Robots in Star Wars, they never explain them. Science in general in Star Wars is basically more like magic, but that's sci-fi in it a nutshell. It is magic. Yes, they never bothered to try to explain it. My The hill I will die on is why would you give robots personalities under any circumstances? You don't need to do that. She's a navigator. <laughs> At what point does she need a personality? I think we've actually covered this. Have we? Mm. I think I did it with translation that there's uh, some part of translation that is uh, emotional and to understand and convey emotional responses. But uh, C-3PO needed uh, personality. Okay, fine. I'll give you C-3PO, but R2-D2? No, uh, don't get me wrong. I'm more or less on your side, but I mean, robots yeah. with personality, I don't really mind. Okay, I don't mind it, but I'm just saying, if we ever get to the point in human civilization where it's like, all right, we've got murder bots, <laughs> should we give them snarky personalities? No, I will say. Let's not do that. Um, it's stupid. It's entirely pointless. <laughs> um, to be fair, K2SO and L3 are snarky, but they're not murder bots. The droids in uh, The Phantom Menace are motorbots, but they're not snarky. Boy, do they have personalities, though. No, they, they absolutely don't. do. Yes, they the do. The droids? Yes! They have, have you watched the prequels? They have a ba the barest like essence yes. of a personality. They say stuff like, uh-oh. Like, come on! Why? <laughs> That's it. Uh, alerting others to impending danger about this tough I don't know, they words. express fear it's really dumb <sighs> yeah okay those ones yes 
<laughs> the droid decas in the prequel, the ones that are rolly and have the shields, yeah. they don't express personalities. But the little tiny ones that die when you sneeze on them absolutely <laughs> have personalities because you need them to be able to be afraid, that's for sure. Okay, the ones that are mass-produced <laughs> murder bots should not have any personality because personality <laughs> should cost a little extra. Yeah, yes, so dumb. I just, uh, why are we thinking about the prequels? Let's go away. Flee, flee from the prequels. Jump to yeah. hyperdrive now. Jump. But KS2O is an assassination droid, isn't he? Um, hmm. To the internet. No, I don't think so, because why would the military base on Scarif just have other assassination droids walking around? In case they need to assassinate somebody? On their own military base. Okay, he's a security droid. Okay, there you go. Still doesn't need a personality. Um, hmm. Boy, do I love him, though. No, like, I think you need a very a, a dominant personality to be a security guard. Like, if, if you're you just, if you're, if you're just like a pansy, you can't be a security guard. You don't need a personality to not be a pushover. No, but I think you, if you have, like, a rough persona about you, people, like, if you, if a security guard, it can be physically menacing and then personality-wise menacing as well. I think that's a better security guard. You know what kind of security you need on Scarif? Hey, this person doesn't belong here. Shoot them in the head. That's all the security you need. No. You don't need to talk to these people. No. Because... Why do you need to talk to them? Well, because what if they're meant to be there, but they're just not in the system because the Empire is a large and complex organization and not everyone's in the system. Hmm. Imagine if the Emperor came to Scarif and was like, well, he's not in the system. Shoot. That would be a problem. Yeah, well, bad system, everybody. But, but you give the robot the a chance to... Uh... You know, go up and talk to the intruder. Maybe he can work out that, oh, this person is supposed to be here. By golly, this is my boss's 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 boss. Why wasn't he in my database? <laughs> <laughs> From movie perspective, it's fine. I get why they do it. But I'm just saying, if we ever have the ability to create bots, most situations do not require them to have personalities. Let's not do it. That's my vote. Okay. I'm, I'll send you a vote to the council, but I do not grant you the rank of master. <laughs> this is, what does he say? It's unfair. <laughs> it's, is it just unfair? There's another word he uses. It's not, I think it's just, it's not fair. It's very whiny. How can I dare be made a part of the Jedi council and not be a master Jedi? Huh. Well, Anakin, we've updated our, uh, our privacy policy and you cannot be a master. <laughs> oh, he says it's outrageous. It's not fair. Oh, he's so good. So stupid. We'll put that in the show notes in case you've forgotten Anakin's little tirade mm, maybe, and attack of the clones. Maybe I'll cut all of this. <laughs> oh, the prequel stuff. That's fair. All right. Fair enough. In the end, if you haven't seen Solo, we recommend you see it. Like, maybe don't spend $12 on it, but 8 bucks seems fine. You don't think that movie's worth 12 bucks? No. It cost me 16 just to go see it once. Yeah. Worth it. I'm, just, I'm speaking to our American audience. Our Australian audience can spend 16 Australian dollars if they want. Somicron says it's okay. I'm talking to our international audience that if you could have a chance to go see it, go do it. All right, cool. So that's going to be it from us. Again, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the uh, podcast. Consider purchasing some of the merch available in the show notes or perhaps subscribing to the Patreon. Again, link there too. Or just filling out the survey in the description below. <sighs> Yeah, there's a demographic survey you can fill out. That would make both Wade and I very happy. All right, that's going to be it from us. Thanks again for listening, all of you wonderful people. And until next time, you take care of yourself. <laughs> <laughs>